Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to Season 3, Episode 2, The Headband. Was smiling the whole time. I I don't know. I just loved it. But before we jump into the episode, how was your week? It was good. Um, I watched Shadow and Bone, so I binged that this past weekend, and it was really good. I didn't read the book, so I probably have a different perspective compared to someone who actually read the entire series, but I personally really liked it. I know they made a lot of adjustments, like they made the main character half Asian, and some people hated that, but I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, I haven't read it or watched it, so I don't know the context of anything. Why would someone criticize that like we need to get some diversity on our screen so if the race isn't specified it was weirdly racist like um she was half asian and like people who are from the shoe region in that world they they're asian they look asian or they they're meant to be like asian in the show and um but she's from another country called ravka and she would lived on a border town so she's half shoe half ravkin and all the ravkin people are like you half shoe person like boo like you're clearly shoe like you're an enemy kind of thing so a lot of people were saying it was here but i kind of i don't know i thought it brought more complexity to it but i don't i haven't read the book so what do i know i really liked it though (laughs) I wish I could participate in this conversation that you so (laughs) opened up for us, but I don't have anything to give. But I will tell you about something that I watched this weekend. I watched a show called Couples Therapy, um, and -hmm. it's literally just different couples uh, having therapy. And it was Esther Perel. No, it's not Esther Perel. Um, Esther Perel, like I listen to the podcast. This one is. This one is cool. I like I really it's uh it's on Showtime, but it's available the first season's available on Prime and on YouTube and the second season just came out. Um just just the first episode. But the mm-hmm. show is great and I was like very curious about how they filmed this because obviously a camera during your therapy session seems very like it would not be conducive to therapy, but like they yeah. actually built out an office and the cameras are behind a glass the participants don't see the camera i thought it was it had a lot of good discussion the character like characters oh my god they're actually real people and like it's crazy (laughs) that they're bringing up all of this heavy shit on for the world to see like it was wild but i think as a therapist i would not be able to do that oh my god some of the backstories of people like your parents can really mess you up they really can and like it's the little things too it's like oh you shouldn't let them cry out or they'll be too dependent on you and then it'll be a mama's boy or it could be like you have to like nurture your child or they'll be emotionally repressed it's like it's such a simple thing but apparently it makes a huge difference it's the show like the way that she she's a really good therapist i really like her i was at first being like what type of irresponsible therapist would bring their patients on tv but i think like it seems like those type of things are worked out on the show and the people involved are feel comfortable doing it i think that was i mean they wouldn't be able to do that they wouldn't they they wouldn't be able to do that because of like ndas and or like privacy or whatever like i'm sure they signed off to do it before they even got to therapy so it was it was really good i recommend it if you're even if you're in like one of the people 
as he was telling his story, I I'm working on a play and his him talking about some issues. I was like, oh, like I'm in a playwriting class and everyone in the class is like, what's wrong with this character? And like, why? Like, why does he behave this way? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. He just behaves this way. Like, I just wrote his behavior in this way. And that's just who he is. And they're like, I don't know. It seems weird. It seems like, why would he act like this? Like, why Why is this his action? Like, And then when mm-hmm. this guy was talking about it, about some, like, another person in his life's behavior, and he was explaining it and going to his backstory, it was like, oh, cool. That makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. I get it. Cause I Are think you going to use that for your play now? I'm not using it in, like, the story, but... I think just like that kind of issue has like it helped me understand my own character. Do you know what I mean? It was really weird. Uh, yeah. So I recommend it That's if you're cool, interested though. in psychology, in human behavior, even body language, um, and just communication in general, like whatever it is, totally recommend it. So it's a good show. Do you wanna head into the episode then? Let's do it. So as the gang heads into enemy territory, the Fire Nation, they all need to find new disguises because their outfits would definitely stand out. Um, So they end up stealing a bunch of clothes and Aang accidentally steals a school uniform and is forced to attend the town's local school. So while in school... Aang gets to be a normal kid for the first time in maybe 100 years, um, <laughs> which is awesome. And he even learns about the Fire Nation culture. And the school has some strict rules. And we also see that they are learning an al- alternative, like alternate history to what actually happened. Um, because Aang was there since he was alive 100 years ago and saw it go down. And it's also an alternate history to what the rest of the world knows. Yeah. Um, And one of those strict rules that the school has is like no dancing. Apparently no one in the Fire Nation dances. So basically it's a footloose town, right? (laughs) And the plot gets very (laughs) footloosey, aka (laughs) footloose. Uh, So Aang actually teaches them how to dance by throwing them like a secret dance party in a cave. And the kids begin to loosen up and they kind of for the first time in their life feel a little bit of freedom. Um, and unfortunately, the headmaster of the school finds out about this dance party, and since dancing is banned, he comes to break it up. But fortunately, the kids have his back, and they let him escape, him and the gang escape. But we can't forget about our friend Zuko. So in another part of the Fire Nation, Zuko is grappling with the fact that the Avatar is probably alive, like he's starting to admit that to himself. And he goes to talk to Uncle Iroh, who's in prison. And he's like, please give me advice. What should I do? But like, obviously, Iroh isn't going to give him any advice. (laughs) He doesn't even talk to Zuko or acknowledge him. And Zuko is like, okay, I guess I have to take matters into my own hands. And he hires a three eyed assassin to find and kill the Avatar combustion man yes did you know this is the first episode where like uncle ira has not talked at all and apparently that's like kind of a way of respecting mako who was the voice actor of uncle oh. ira because he passed away oh my god so this god, is why this like heart whole... yeah it's really sad really sad <laughs> oh it's oh my gosh i want to say first though starting off not totally related to the episode, but tangentially, I guess. I did not need to see that Zuko makeout scene 
in the beach. Okay. Like, yes. What? May, I, I wanted to bring that. this up. I wanted to bring this that. up. May and Zuko, weirdest couple ever. Like, the way they started out, like, I was just like, this is so random. I think, and I was thinking about this yesterday too. Spoiler alert. Um, Fast forward if you don't want to hear it. But I think they were trying to figure out a way for like Azula to go crazy. And they work backwards. They're like, Azula mm-hmm. goes crazy because she lost because she lost her friends, because her friends never actually liked her, which means no one ever liked her, which means Ooh. she is going crazy. So but why would her friends no longer like her? Honestly, it could be because she's freaking psycho. She sucks. But I guess the And whole- she's mean to them. <laughs> she's so she's mean, really mean to them. To them. So they could have played that up, but I think the easier thing to showcase is that like May loves Zuko, and that's why May betrayed Azula to help Zuko. Um, so I think I, that's how they got to this plot boy. But I'm just like they're like it was just felt so random. They don't May have chemistry. They don't no. have chemistry. I think they're supposed to be like this goth couple, but like they just don't have it. And I don't like May. Like I know whatever. I get it. I just don't find her appealing and. I just did not need to see that makeout session. And I, I know. also, I watched this episode at 8.30 a.m., okay, before work. And I was like, <laughs> I don't need to see this in the morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just so weird. And, like, they're just so, both so moody and whatever. Or maybe they are opposites because Zuko has so many emotions and May is just, like, dead inside. But it's just, like, I don't know. They, they I would not want to have to go to – I would not want to have to sit next to them at a dinner party. Like, it oh. sounds miserable. Like, maybe do I would, not recommend. Maybe Zuko, he needs to come – I don't know. Whatever. Didn't need to see that. But, like, okay, so I – Zuko's confusion that's happening right now here. Like, I'm, like, does he – want to be considered a hero is he more acting out of anxiety that he's gonna lose may and lose like everything he has again is that what's propelling i think it's the latter i think he's scared of losing everything um and i think that's why because you see that because he's hiring an assassin to be very discreet and to kill the avatar um i think he's scared about losing his life again he just like kind of got his life again he doesn't want to lose may but he doesn't want to lose the approval of his father and he doesn't want to be an outcast again he now has no iro so what is he going to do just like just like but, go like, out into the wilderness by himself he's like doing it for self preservation but like how shameless to go see iro in prison this man who was taking care of you doing everything for you you like threw him under the bus and he's freaking in jail and okay yeah you bring him a slice of food you and you expect him to help you like what is with him that's so messed up because he's stupid it's, so, it, it's like wow how entitled can you be like he is the prince so of the bad. fire nation so i know <laughs> it just makes sense it makes sense but like that behavior really just i was like ugh no way and then also speaking of like characters growing up i guess we have to say when they steal the outfits like katara's like sexy lady moment like mm-hmm. her in that fire nation outfit like she looked great well this is like the last time until i think the finale where we see um Katara in clothing, like in a hairstyle that isn't with the loopies, remember? Like mm-hmm. she always has those loopies. I guess it's very like water tribe. So did she changed her hair to look more of the Fire Nation. So that's why she looks so different for the rest of the series. 
Um, but it looks good on her. And even Aang is like, ooh, she cute. I know. That was such a good moment. And then, like, also Katara's little, like, jealousies later in the episode when Aang is dancing with someone else. And they're dancing. There's so many great, like, little romantic moments between Katara and Aang. They're always finding love in a cave. They're falling in love. They're falling in love in a cave place. <laughs> yeah, they just really love caves. I know, because like their first kiss was in the cave of two lovers. And now they're like, Aang was also very smooth when he was um, in the cave. You know, obviously he's teaching all these kids how to dance and stuff like that. But, you know, he was like, it's just me and you right now. And Katara's like, everyone's watching. And he's like, it's just me and you right now. Like, how smooth. He, I was like, I, I loved Aang in this episode. Like, I, his personality comes through. Aang is thriving in school. His humor <laughs> is out. He's so helpful and nice and fun. And everyone likes him. Even, like, the bully that doesn't beat him up you know yeah you know what i really liked about this episode and i like that they portrayed this like i love that he does just such a good job of remembering that these kids are just people they're not just Mm -hmm. evil fire nation people and he like everyone else in the gang is kind of like oh like we don't want you to go to school you don't want to get caught these people are crazy you know he remembers that these are just kids and that's so important for the rest of the series especially in the series finale as well so Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see like it's he's, he has that maturity that he's bringing in, and I think that's also what like kids like about him. And I also yeah. like to see him being able to be like innocent, a normal kid. I really loved that. Like, I love that we get to see him being a kid. A moment that I really loved within the school is that, um, you know. His he gets in trouble for fighting, um, which he doesn't even throw a punch. He's just dodging away mm-hmm. when Angie's boyfriend is like trying to punch him, um, and he's punished. And he has to bring his parents and Sokka and Katara dress up his his parents. And Sokka <laughs> really gets into gets into this, and this moment just like was that, cracking me up. Did you notice behind the principal there's this like image of the Fire Lord? Like I'm sure there's an image of the Fire Lord everywhere. Um, but it just ties back to the idea like uh, they're in a dictatorship a really bad one (laughs) yep and even Aang brings an image home and he even actually makes a rendering of Fire Lord Ozai with noodles so yeah I think they used that picture like in the future as well Um, I I do want to bring up something like I know we mentioned that Aang is just really good at remembering that these kids are just kids Mm -hmm. do you think and like do you think it's because he was in a block of ice for 100 years like he knows that like they killed his people but like you know he didn't witness them he didn't witness the Fire Nation people actually killing them unlike Sokka and Katara and Toph who've like witnessed the Fire Nation like kill people and things like that. He, for him, like, the Fire Nation is tied to Kuzan. And you can see when, like, that he's trapped in that time. Like, he even uses all this old slang that they probably used 100 years ago, like, hot man, mm-hmm. stay he, flaming. He's, and like, he, distance it. He's distanced it. He's, like, it's the Fire Lord and the army. It's not the not regular people. The people. Yeah, and yeah, he even names true. himself Kuzan. You know what I mean? So I think for him it's, like those moments and he sees the like he knows that before this dictatorship like these people were good people like they're just yeah. you know it's it's this political situation that's that's changing the behavior that's a good point too where he saw people before 
they went great, you know, before it became a dictatorship mm-hmm. where he saw people that like people of the Fire Nation are great. He knows all these dances, these these flamio terms and hot man terms and he saw them before the war and now he sees them after the war so it's really easy for him to like separate the evils Mm -hmm. of the fire nation from that's a good point as well um did you notice like just the commonalities of the u.s and the fire nation it really freaked me out like after i watched it like a couple of times (laughs) especially when they had to stand up and do the pledge like yeah, or that's whatever the oath, the Fire Nation oath, very similar to the Pledge of Allegiance, and like obviously, Ang is like, this is so weird that they're pledging their life to like the Fire Nation. I'm like, oh wait, we used to do that in school like every single day. And then remember after 9/11 too, they'd always we would do the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, and then they'd play the song "I'm Proud to Be American." It was <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, it's it was wild. There's so much like I mean, there's so much. National, like the nationalism that's like unhealthy, you know, like unhealthy yeah. nationalism. It's, oh, it's so bad. And then like the scene where he's like, that didn't actually happen. Like the air nomads don't have an army. Yeah, it's that reminds me again of like the United States and the Fire mm-hmm. Nation, where like the ed- the people who educate are the are so important because they're going to shape the minds of everyone in the the country um and that reminds me of just like the daughters of the confederacy who lobby like education boards change their textbooks to make it seem like the fight of northern aggression instead of a civil war about slavery so that's why we have these like really not everyone obviously but we have some crazy people that call it the war of northern aggression instead of realizing oh this is about slavery you know in the united states so what do they call it the march on civilization that's what they call the air yeah. nomad genocide. That change makes such a difference in Completely. how people perceive the world. So. And Aang also realizes that, like, when he's back in the cave and he's telling everybody about school, um, he's he says, like, these are just kids and they we have an opportunity to connect with them. Like, yeah. he, he mentions that, right? Like, they are still learning about it. We have an opportunity to shape them. And I, I like that, too. Like, he's kind of helping them question what they're learning yeah because like they're just taught everything in the book their rules are so strict so there's Mm -hmm. no there's because it's so strict they don't even have time to question things right like they can't even Mm -hmm. dance everything is so rigid for them so the idea of questioning anything just seems not possible and obviously it's the culture is designed that way so you know the fire lord has more power because no one's questioning him so yeah and he can also just by opening that question opening that curiosity within them and that's what he's able to do here right like mm-hmm. he, by getting them dancing and feeling happy and seeing that like teaching them dances from other parts of the world and they're all like oh like is, okay yeah and, and they you and could they also help him. Oh. yeah and you could also just tell that like you know, when he talks about, like, the March on Civilization, what do you mean? Like, oh, the Air Nomads didn't have an army. They were ambushed. And mm-hmm. you see the shock on all the kids' faces, too, where they're like, what? They're so shocked. You know, it's the first time they're ever hearing that. And I hope that thought process makes all the kids question. And, like, the dancing makes them question to build. And, like, Ang says, like, this is the future of the Fire Nation. We need to change it now. And it's the best yeah. way to do it. I loved, um, I loved all of that. And I think it's, like, such a cool message in the show and then 
I like that he finds an opening, right? Like, it, you can't just go in and be like, okay, everything you're being taught is wrong. But he's, like, <laughs> kind of planting it in them. And I think that's really, really wise. And mm-hmm. he's using his strengths. Like, he loves dancing. He loves performing. And he's actually good. We hear Toph being like, ooh, Twinkle Toes can dance. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, too, that, like, I wanted to mention, since we're on the subject, is, like, the idea of like, oh, you're from the Earth Kingdom colonies. Like, no, mm-hmm. he's from the Earth Kingdom. They're not a colony. They're part no. of the Earth Kingdom. Like, the term colonies is just like, oh, gross. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so gross. And then you can see that everyone thinks that people who are from the colonies are backward, right? They're yeah. like, oh, you do this in the colonies? Like, there's a kind of like, oh, we're better because we're in the capital. Like, we're, you know, and you're just in the colonies. So I think they did a good job of bringing that out as well. Yeah, because that's like very accurate of like that differentiator between mm-hmm. people that causes lots of issues. So, mm-hmm. so that was really interesting. What did you think of the dance? Like, what did you think of the dance? I like- loved the dancing and the party was great. I loved the music. Um, what's the horn that he was playing badly in class? That the Sungi horn. Yes. And- I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh man, Zuko would have killed on the Sungi horn. Yeah, because we yeah we saw the Sungi horn earlier um, in the season with uh, Uncle Iroh and Zuko. Um, I also thought it was cute that like Angie clearly had a crush on Aang. You know what I mean? I thought that yes. was like kind of funny. In another life, they could have been together. Um, I know. They had good chemistry, too. We see them dancing. And I like that he begins the dance with some Fire Nation dances that he remembers doing. I liked his movement. And everyone... And it's interesting that that Earth Nation... I mean, sorry, Earth Kingdom dancing kind of gets everyone out of their shells. Everybody starts moving their bodies. And people are having fun. Yeah, and a lot of the dances, like like fun facts or whatever, but a lot of the dancing is incur- is influenced by um, Ukrainian and Russian folk dance, surprisingly, mm-hmm. and like Northern Shaolin and capoeira as well. We see you could tell there's some capoeira yeah. in there. We definitely see that uh, style when Katara and Ang are dancing. Yeah. For sure. And then I also thought it was cool because you see like the kids dancing. There was that one crazy kid that went wild. But then you saw like the kid who's a little bigger and the kid next to him. They were doing like actual TikTok dances with like the hands and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's an actual TikTok dance. That's popular now. And the other kid was kind of like doing the lean back, you know. So I just thought it was cool. Maybe the lean back ties into the time period, right? Because this came out probably in the the 2000s when Lean Back lean came back. in, but the other dance lean moves back. were current. <laughs> it was, it's really fun. And then, of course, the headmaster hears about the party and comes in to break it up. And I was like, uh, technically a school, I guess to, in today's world, they'd be like, if it didn't happen on school grounds, yeah. it doesn't matter. But anyway. I don't think that applies to the Fire Nation. And of course, like the school bully is the one who tells. Like, I'm just Ugh, like, you're such course. a loser, Ew. man. You're such a loser. Like, don't be a, ta- a snitch. Like, snitches get stitches. Like, don't. I know. That's definitely part of Fire Nation culture to snitch, though. <laughs> no, this me. I don't like snitches. Yeah, but I did love the fact that, like, all the kids had Aang slash Kuzan's back. Mm-hmm. And because, like, that headband he wears is actually um, the belt that the kids wear, but he just put it on top of his head. Um, and actually, fun fact, the the – 
the belt, the headband he uses, he flips it so the emblem looks like an arrow. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But that's, that's why awesome. at the end when you're like, oh, my God, all these kids have the headband so he can't tell them apart. Right? Because I was like, how do they have all these headbands? I'm like, oh, it's a belt. But it's like this scene is directly taken from like Spartacus because like this actually happened where like um, 6,000 soldiers, like the Romans are trying to find Spartacus and 6,000 slaves said, I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. You know? And they took that. Yeah, they're all one. And they took that scene and they put it into Avatar. So I'm like, (laughs) oh, so many influences. Like they're all Kuzan. (laughs) Also like... Uh, in the beginning of the show, right, when he goes into school for the first time and the teacher was so rude to him because, you know, he's from the colony. She assumes he's from the colonies because she thinks he doesn't have manners. She's like, remove your headwear, remove your headwear. And when he's like, oh, I have an embarrassing scar, so I have to <laughs> wear it. I immediately thought of Zuko for that line. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't even take think about so that. That's we so see funny. all of these connections, like, and they're all kind of one. I love I love how supportive his classmates are and, like, yeah. how they hide him and the gang is able to escape on Appa. Um, I, it was just such – it's such a cute moment. But yeah, this was, this was definitely, like, a happier episode because the awakening was just a little, like – it was so emotional, and then the episode before that was obviously like the crossroads of destiny. So like we mm-hmm. really needed like a ca- a palate cleanser where we're like, this is a fun, happy episode. Um, the I also episode love that ends in a very stressful way because yeah. like this combustion man guy is so creepy with his third eye wide open. <laughs> I once had a Reiki healing, and the woman was like, "You should like it shouldn't be open all the time." Like, it's not good if it is. So, like, that's basically the Combustion Man. Yeah. Um, and we see, like, Combustion Man's, like, daughter or, like, someone related to her, like, Combustion Man in Legend of Korra because she has the same, like, third eye. Mm-hmm. How crazy was it, though, when the kids um, were like, thanks for, like, Aang was, like, escaping and he, like, made eye contact with that one kid. And it was like, thanks for, you know, having my back. And then he, like, earthbends the cave and the kid's like, whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I then, know. Like, I love that part. They probably have never seen earthbending. Yeah, they probably don't learn about the other cultures. They don't even know yeah. what it is. So it's so foreign to them. And then... um I I saw a TikTok once. I hope I, I hope I can find it. We can like post it. But it was basically being like, "Yo, the war's over. Can you imagine who actually saved the world? Kuzan." Basically thinking like, <laughs> "What are the kid? What like once the war's over, the kids are gonna be like, oh my god, that was Kuzan.' Like we know him. You know what I mean?" <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> like I know him. Like how funny is that? And then also the kids were probably like, "Why does Kuzan and his mom have so much sexual attention?" Because like that scene where they're dancing, like they're so into each other, and like wouldn't you be like, "That is really weird." <laughs> they probably don't think that she's his mom, but the professor, might, I mean the headmaster, might when he walks in, and it's like, "What the actual hell is happening here?" Yeah, yeah. Like, this is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I just think it's so much fun. And I love the idea of, like, learning just about, like, what life is like for a normal person in the Fire Nation, not Mm -hmm. what Zuko or the Army or Azula or the Fire Lord are doing. Like, I just wanted to see, like, what normal life is like for these people. And we really got a glimpse of that in this episode. I kind of wish they did more episodes on it, honestly. I loved it. I thought it was really, really fun. And 
I don't know. It was good. I like. I liked seeing the side of Aang. It just made me really like him, and I liked him and Katara together. The dance, the music, the culture, and even just that regular school setting, like the structure that they haven't had in so long. So that was cool to mm-hmm. see. It was really yeah. Fun. The, the music is so distinct in this episode too. Like it starts off with that 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 music, and I I just mm-hmm. loved it because. I never really think about the music of an episode that much, but I always, when it starts, like I maybe it's playing on in the background. I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's a headband episode. So distinct, mm-hmm. just cool. It's, it's so good. Um, I love it. I love this episode. I think, I don't know. I think I would actually give it a five. Is that weird? No, it's honestly it's one of my favorite episodes. I would give it a five too, because you need like especially with these types of shows, you need like really emotional jarring episodes that like make you think about life but, but also you need these fun episodes like it's a kid show at the end of the day it's a nickelodeon show this is like the perfect honestly amount of like fun and if, everything like that i want to see a few more episodes of them in school but that's just me <laughs> no i i want to see more of them you know I want to see more of them like in the Fire Nation getting to know the people because I feel like we really understand people from the Water Tribe just because of Katara and Sokka. Mm -hmm. We understand a lot of like most of the series takes place in the Earth Kingdom and I feel like we have a good understanding of the Earth Kingdom but we don't know anything really about the Fire Nation besides like the elites you know like we know Mm -hmm. who Azula is and she's psychotic. She's, she's, She's so scary. I'm honestly like oh she's my you know What's it called? Sleep paralysis demon is Azula. Yeah. Oh, wait. Do you, <laughs> you know what I noticed this episode? Because I've watched it so much. Um, do you notice when Azula reaches out to May and is like says, like, Zuko, I need to talk to you alone. And he's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to. But then she says to May, like, oh, I think, like, Tylee needs help with something. And she mm-hmm. leaves. But she gives. She makes a when face. She's be- she makes a face. She makes a face yep. at Azula behind her back. And that's yep. the very first glimpse, I think, where you see like, oh, they're not actually friends. You know what no. I mean? I It's been actually building up. Like I've noticed that she's had a little frustration with Azula yeah. uh, coming through. But I mean, like, like she was ha- she was on a date night. Like, that is and true. You, yeah. She was on a date night having fun and her friend comes in and is like, go, like, bosses her around. That's so rude. The, 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 it's not an equal friendship, you know? And no, I think they could have portrayed that without having May date Zuko because I really hate that couple in I general. I think oh they could have no. had, like, Azula push. Like Ty Lee and May's buttons, and maybe even Zuko's buttons, but like the like Ty Lee and May feel bad for him. I don't think the relate the relationship is just too weird and sudden. I don't know. I think the relationship moved very fast, but I guess they show that she's always had a crush on him, even when they were younger. But they don't show that Zuko ever liked her. Do you know what I mean? Like, I there's never a moment where he's thinking about her, pining for her, anything Mm -hmm. like, or even attracted to her. Like, I feel like I knew that she liked him. But I didn't mm. know that he was interested in her. So it feels very flat. I don't yeah, know. there's not. Yeah, there's. Uh, gross. I don't want to end it on that, though. I don't want to no, end it on May and Zuko. I want to no, end it we, on, I like, mean, we guess we started. Well, but in the meantime, like, I feel like when we started this podcast, we were like, oh, Zutara is so weird. Not Zutara, sorry. Aang and, like, Katang is so weird. Like, when we started this, we were always like, Katang is so weird. Yeah. But now I but, love Katang. <laughs> I love Katang. You can tell, like. I was I was just so impressed at how smooth 
Aang was. Like, he really was. <laughs> in the game. And I think the jealousy really helped Katara be like, oh, actually, like, Aang's really cute, you know? <laughs> I have become, um, through this rewatch, I've definitely become, like, more of a Katang person. Um, even though I am a Zuko lover, I have become more Katang. Mm. I think they are great together, and I love, like, I think the relationship is actually cute and age-appropriate. Um, so, yeah, I've been into that. And I also have one Me more too. thing before we end and the, or a nice thing to end on is like i actually loved how this episode opened with them hiding around in a cloud yeah that was really really cute the beginning was really funny with them trying to steal the clothes and mm-hmm. i even like that they all you know they had to switch up to being in the fire nation but all their like little accessories like ang uh like ang had his headband obviously but then like toff had like her little headpiece and mm-hmm. Uh, Sokka had like the ponytail holder thing. I just thought that was cute that they added that little detail as well. It was um, it was just a really good episode. Like it built up the world. I it was very funny. Like the humor was on point. I love the mm-hmm. music, and yeah, I think I think it just it was great. Really fun. Yeah. I'm, I enjoyed five it. out of five. Five, five out, out of five, five for me. What a great episode. Um, we'll be back next week with a brand new one another favorite of mine the painted lady um and we'll see you guys next week remember to like and subscribe follow us on instagram listen while you're bored at work or while you're making dishes or when if you just missed avatar zoom classes listen (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll talk to you later bye bye